LDG Electronics provides state-of-the-art antenna tuners for every amateur need. An LDG desktop tuner works automatically with nearly any station and up to 1,000 watts. LDG power tuners are ideal for portable and mobile use as they consume almost no current and can be powered by internal batteries that last up to a year. LDG tuners are backed by our two-year, fully transferable warranty and our legendary customer service, the best in the industry. Visit us on the web at ldgelectronics.com. And now, from Grid Square Echo Mike 48, this is 100 Watts and a Wire. Well, hello and welcome to 100 Watts and a Wire. My name is Christian. My call sign is Kilo Zero Sierra Tango Hotel. And welcome to episode number 347. This week in this episode, it's another 30-day review. Not just any review, not by me, it's by our peers. This is our friends, a cohort of three from the amateur radio community will be discussing this Jetstream 4M. This is an antenna switcher. Okay, so we have a list of criteria we will go through. Each one of the fellows will come in and tell us what they think. At the end, we'll give it a, a rating. That way, you can decide how you want to spend your money and you just don't have one talking head telling you to do it. I don't touch the, the gear. I don't know. I haven't even played with the switches on this one, so... We're going to get it right from them. And you might be saying, how do I get to do this? Okay, all you need to do is go to 100wattsandawire.com and you want to click on the 100-watt ID tab. Very simple. Everything is free. And you're sequentially issued a 100-watt ID. Comes to you in the mail from a busy human, so be patient. Look in your junk box or your junk mail. And then you jump over to the 30 Days tab. And this is the peer review system. If you have a 100-watt ID, you go into a lottery. The names come through. Another month comes up. Another product review. It's ham radio or ham radio adjacent. And you can pass. If it's, uh, we had a couple over the uh, winter said, Christian, I'm in Nebraska. It is cold. I can't go out and hang an antenna, but put me back in and I'll put them right back in the pool. Understood. No problem. But you can always pass traveling, whatever, and you stay and enter one time. But get your 100-watt ID. It puts you in on the mailing list, and that way you're always tuned in to what's happening. I'm going to show uh, what this looks like, a four-position antenna switcher. Okay, and uh, it's made by a company called Jetstream. And it uh, looks pretty sturdy. I haven't touched it, haven't clicked it. Well, you know how we like to grab things off the table and and touch it and feel how it feels. So we're going to go by these fellas letting us know what's up. And uh, joining us for this review is Adam, Kilo Mike 7 November, Bill, Whiskey Charlie 3 Bravo, and Kevin with a very clever call sign, KE2VN, Kilo Echo 2 Victor November. We're going to start off with Adam and it's time for our 30-day review. We're going to be looking at the packaging. Very simple, but we're very particular when we spend money. This product, by the way, $74.95. You can find it at places like HRO. And look around, because there was a supply shortage. So some of these products are getting moved around a little bit. These guys were going to be reviewing a different switch. We couldn't get it. So we got this one instead. Adam is here. Adam, 
When you got this thing in the mail, tell me your impressions of the packaging of the Jetstream 4M. Yeah, thanks, Christian. Appreciate you having me. Uh, well, my first impression was uh, that maybe I got a surprise gift from Christian because uh, this thing was hefty. Uh, I wasn't expecting an FT891, but I thought that might actually be in the box. So I excitedly ripped the box open. Uh, it came in a sturdy box inside a box, so it was very well packed. And like I said, my first impression was that this thing was really hefty, uh, which I think with that substantial weight for its size really kind of lends credibility to the quality of the build. So I was really happy with uh, how it showed up and uh, excited to talk about the rest of the, uh, what I found. Good deal. I always know it's important, especially when it's your money, you put something out, how it's cared for, how it's packaged. And many hams will say, you know, I'm going to hang this thing outside in the rain and the snow. So the packaging isn't that important. But for me, I'm like, 75 ducats is still 75 ducats. I want to make sure I'm the one who at least bangs it up. Uh, so it's good to see that it got to you in good order. Thank you for that, Adam. Bill, Whiskey Charlie 3, bravo. Let's talk about the packaging at it as it uh, made its way out to you. Same deal. Um, double boxed, heavy box. But the thing I noticed right away when I opened it is the box itself had special interior protection to protect the connectors as they uh, shipped the thing because the thing said it came from Taiwan. So it probably got a very exciting boat trip on its way over here. But overall, I was uh, very impressed. Easy to open box, had everything well, well protected, well laid out. Um, didn't really have to, you know, grab any uh, gear to cut boxes open and that kind of stuff. Or as those blister packs show up and from other vendors, they're plastic that are difficult to open. This was very straightforward. Are you one of these guys that are a bit particular about how they receive things in the mail? Do you chase? I know we all chase the uh, UPS truck down the street. We'll wait for it to land. Uh, but how particular are you with your packaging? Uh, usually I'm not. Um, I only have one vendor that seems to abuse <laughs> the boxes on the way to the house. The other vendors that for shipping seem to be seem to bring stuff over. No problem. So okay. um, there was nothing, no issues that way. Um, and it was a good, it was a good carrier that brought it too. So I knew it was going to be, you know, not thrown the 37 yards across <laughs> my yard to my front porch that happened once. Um, <laughs> but it was, it was shipped and came well. Good deal. Two for two. Kevin is here. A Kilo Echo 2, Victor November. And uh, same question to you, sir. The packaging, uh, how particular are you and uh, were you satisfied when it arrived? Yeah, usually I'm pretty particular, especially if I'm going to spend a bunch of money. I want to make sure that the thing is packaged in a way that shows uh, at least that the manufacturer tried and cared to deliver the thing in its best shape. And I think that was the case here. Um, however, I think uh, if it came over from Taiwan, it came over by trampoline, by rocket, and by uh, Hulk delivery. Hulk smash was the appropriate uh, angle on this one. So uh, it, here's the good news. Even though it got smashed up a bit, um, inside, inside the box, it's double boxed. And the, the little box inside the big box has an indentation cut out in the shape of the coax switch so that it would fit in there and it would be kind of held snugly. So that's why I say it got transported by, by rocket and trampoline because mm -hmm. it got jostled right out of the 
uh, right out of that indent. Wow. And rather than get damaged, here's the good part, rather than get damaged, it smashed up the box. So um, no issues internally or externally, no marks, but the box got a little poked in it, some holes poked in it, and, uh, and, and things worked out okay. But even uh, with the best efforts, it escaped and attempted <laughs> to uh, do a little damage. All right, there you have it. The uh, review of the 30-day review of the packaging of the Jetstream 4M, four-position antenna switch. Now we're going to move the 30-day uh, review into the manual. Now we talked about this a little bit before. You know, most people are... Uh, this is one of those things where maybe you understand how it works, but there could be some ways that uh, perhaps you don't. Maybe you want to... Uh, hook up four radios to one antenna or four antennas to one radio, and you need to know how to do that. I'm curious to see how the manual played out. Adam, uh, what happened? What was in the box? Did it, there, was there anything in there to teach you how to use this thing? Uh, there was a piece of paper that identified uh, what the coax switch was, but as far as uh, giving a lot of instruction on how to use it, on uh, what the capabilities were, that really wasn't there uh, but I did uh, find one online easily uh, because we'll talk a little bit about my install later but I, I went a little different direction so I wanted to make sure that the uh, switch was going to stand up to what I was going to do with it so uh, it is readily accessible online uh, getting into the, the technical details but uh, not much uh, in terms of substance in the box itself. Did the piece of paper that was in there direct you to the online manual? Uh, it didn't, uh, but that's just my standard go-to is mm -hmm. to uh, uh, put the Google machine to work and see what it finds. Google knows all, apparently. So good. I'm glad Indeed. you could find it, and that's good. Uh, some people like to have the physical copy if they take it out and do something with it, but I, I'm an online guy myself, too. I, li I like the option. All right. Thank you for that. Bill. Whiskey Charlie 3, bravo. Uh, let's talk about the manual. What was in your box there that gave you any direction? So um, mine, mine came with a one-pager. To be honest, I expected zero pages because <laughs> it's an antenna switch. Um, like, like Adam said, it's um, light on the directions, but there really isn't much to it. And the, the thing that did stick out at me is they did give me the specifications for the switch, so I kind of understood how much power it's rated for, what the isolation is, you know, what happens when you uh, flip the switch on the other ports, they all go to ground, um, you know, possible uh, um, uh, suggested installation. If you had things like a, in the tuner, watt meter, those kind of things in line, um, the basic kind of very basic manual, um, very small, uh, but once again, I, I didn't expect anything. So I was surprised I got even what I got. Likewise, it did have the web address on there and the phone number in case you had any trouble. Um, I didn't, so I actually didn't check either one. So overall, I was pleasantly surprised I got any kind of instructions because others, other gear I've purchased in the past in this category, just here it is. Mm -hmm. Enjoy. Yeah, and I know that you can do multiple things with you would you know you can hook up different antennas. You could have four different radios. I imagine you could do some sort of. Uh, I mean, I would use it for antenna switches for 
actual going for one radio to four antennas. So, uh, but I would imagine a new ham might uh, need a little bit more. I don't know. I I get an experienced ham. Get just give it, give me the thing. I'll throw it right in line. All right, let's go over with, uh, and see what Kevin thought. Kevin, we know already he's a little bit uh, particular with the packaging. How are you with the manual or lack thereof? I I actually didn't expect anything, and I didn't get anything. So, wow. Uh, it's, it's a coax switch, so I didn't even anticipate that there would be a need for instructions. Um, but I did look it up on Google just to make sure I knew, you know, like max power and frequency range and insertion loss and isolation. But other than that, it was, I mean, it's a coax switch. It's pretty straightforward. So I know you can work at both directions. And uh, in my, in my uh, install, I did both of those things. So I didn't really feel a need uh, to have instructions as long as it was easily findable on the web. And it certainly was, and it provided all the information I needed. Did you get the paper that the other fellas got? I did not. That's the first Ooh. time I've seen that. How's that make you feel, Kevin? I feel I feel a little undervalued. I feel hurt. <laughs> I'm going to write a swift letter and very stern to somebody at Jetstream. Let them know my buddy did not get his uh, piece of paper that didn't give him very much information to begin with. Okay, <laughs> so we know that uh, expectations were low. You know what it what this thing does. You you know if you're buying it, you've probably done a little bit of research that way. Anyhow, so that'll I'll wrap up our. 30-day review with this cohort with regard to the manual. Now, our 30-day review will continue now with the third criteria. With This is the install. This is where it starts to get interesting to find out how these fellas actually employed this piece of equipment. We'll start with Adam. He's Kilo Mike, 7 November. Let's talk about your install a little bit, sir. Yeah, for sure. Um, so... I do have a little experience with coax switches. Uh, previously, I had a different uh, manufacturer uh, coax switch. And in the past, I've had multiple antennas that I've run into a single radio, my trusty ICOM IC707, which is uh, sort of a 1990s vintage. Um, and so I'm familiar with that application. Uh, my Antenna farm hasn't even reached garden status now. And for HF right now, I'm primarily working with a single tri-band vertical, but I now have more radios than antennas. So uh, I use that different approach, the, the one-to-many, which again which was why I was searching for the manual to make sure that it would tolerate uh, the bi-directional nature of it. So uh, I have the one tri-band vertical on the input, and then it outputs to my ICOM IC707 and the FT857. Uh, so that's the installation that I use for this um, with that single antenna to switch between those two HF radios. Okay, good deal. All right, there. Let's go over to Bill. Whiskey Charlie 3. Bravo, how did you employ this thing? What did you? What, how did you put this thing in line? I actually uh, disconnected my existing coax switch I have over here strapped to the wall and set it up to hook to one radio to my two antennas I have. I have a 80 meter super loop up at like about 45 feet and I have a, um, <laughs> a very mutilated 160 meter uh, uh, currently it's pretty much a doublet because uh, you have I'm running the 
ladder line all the way into the house here until the last couple feet before I go to the tuner. Then I switch over to coax. But either way, both with the Elecraft KX3 at QRP level and the uh, Flex 6300 at 100 watts, the both antennas tuned up fine. Uh, I didn't notice any kind of performance difference between my existing switch and the new switch. Um, and the install just slid right in place and I'm ready to add more antennas now <laughs> if I had more room, but, uh, the backyard's full, uh, the 80 meter, uh, super loop pretty much takes up almost every inch of real estate anybody has because <laughs> that thing is 263 mm-hmm. feet around something insane like that. So. There's not much room left out back, but if I had other options, this would definitely, uh, definitely be the switch to use, I believe. Okay. Kevin, how did you employ this thing? How did you put it in line? What were you working with? Well, I did a little of both. So I'm in a, in a new house. I moved, I used to have a number of antennas at my other house. And at this new house, I got a, I got a hundred Watts and a wire. I got a wire in the tree. And I've got, uh, I suppose, three different ways to switch some VHF, UHF. I've got vertically polarized UHF, vertically polarized two meter, and uh, horizontally polarized 70 centimeter. So I was able to switch around between those. Also, I have a J-pole that I put uh, as part of the switch uh, just to try things out. And I also flipped it around. I've got an old FT100 um, kind of mobile portable 100 watt rig, and I've got a talk about 1990s vintage i got a a ft847 which uh, was uh, advertised as a kind of a shack in the box back in the day and that runs uh, everything from 160 right through uh, 70 centimeters so i also had reversed it and uh, put two rigs into one antenna just to see how the isolation would work so that's how i ran mine all right and everybody really gets excited about the performance stuff and with a product like this we can start to look at the bench test, uh, you know, instead of kind of putting it on and looking for SWR, we'll look at it as a bench connections, setting it up and performance. So now the 30 day review goes into uh, the bread and butter of the things when we get it out and start to bang it around and see how it did. And we'll start off now uh, with Adam and see how he's Kilo Mike 7 November. This is a time where you take it out, you've connected it, you've worked a couple things around, you're switching it back and forth, you're handling it, banging it around. Let's talk about your bench test and how it performed for you. Yeah, of course. So obviously not a lot of bench testing going on on my end, but I can talk about the performance. Uh, So the two things that really jumped out to me using this were the actual grounding of the ports that weren't in use and also the sturdiness of the switch. Um, As I mentioned before, this switch replaced an older three-port switch that I was using that comparatively was much flimsier. On the old switch, uh, when I'd switch off the antenna input, you could still hear signals on the radio, so you had to go all the way over to the grounding input to ground out uh, the switch. So it was clearly not grounding out on the intermediate inputs. This switch, however, really performs. When I'm not selected on a radio, I hear zero signals. Uh, And second, as far as the sturdiness of it goes, when you switch between the positions, the switch has a really heavy feel. And so you can really tell that it's working. Uh, It grounds out. You can hear a good audible click. And again, comparing to my older switch, when you move that 
from one position to another, the old switch, it's really kind of slippery. And sometimes I think you hear some components uh, bouncing around in there. Uh, but this one, it's, it's nice, solid uh, confirmation every time you throw that switch that uh, the position that it was in is now grounded out. So I was real happy with that. So you mentioned how heavy it was before. So it gives you that feeling like it's there, it's tough and sturdy. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a very positive feel each time you, you switch it from one input to the next. Okay. Thank you for that. Over to Bill. Uh, your thoughts on this? I know you put it around a couple of different situations. You went and, and bragged a little bit earlier on this big, beautiful 80-meter antenna that goes around and all its, uh, its beauty. Uh, how did you uh, beat this thing up? You kind of put it on the bench a little bit, plug some things into it. How did it perform yeah. for you? Yeah, the the bench test was an epic fail on my part. Uh oh. Um, the only only piece of test equipment I had available was my Nano VNA. So I thought I'd be really cute, and I would you know take a signal out of the VNA through the switch back into the input of the other VNA and plot it out. Um, yeah, there's not enough resolution to tell the difference between input and output on this switch because it's so low loss at the frequency I was testing. Okay. <laughs> so it doesn't have enough resolution on the test equipment, so I really didn't get any, anything out of it. Um, likewise, this thing is heavy metal. It is solid metal on, on the outside chassis. It must be metal on the inside. Um, testing things with just simple, you know, meter to see if, yeah, it's going to ground. Okay. Um, those things all worked fine. The, the biggest thing was a couple weeks ago, we had a very blessed weekend. I don't know if anybody else remembered the blessed weekend of about three weeks ago where 15 meters was open all day long. Um, so later in the afternoon on a Saturday, I ended up working like 17 Japanese stations on 15 meters, you know, all through the switch. Um, so that was higher in the frequency range for this device, but nowhere near the top, but it was the, it was the, the test case I was able to pull off with it. Likewise, I did a little bit last weekend, uh, of course did some FT8 in between all that, uh, just basically got on the air and used it as normally I would be on the air and, and, and see if I noticed anything. Occasionally I would flip you know, unscrew the screw coaxes, plug them in the other switch, see if I could see anything on the pan adapter for the flex. Um, didn't really notice anything. So I have no good evidence that it's anything negative about the switch. And we worked probably about 40 or 50 stations through the thing. So it's definitely, uh, definitely a piece of gear to use. Give you confidence, uh, the weight of it. Uh, we can talk. We'll talk about pros and cons in our next criteria. But uh, one of the things I like uh, how it feels in your hand, whether it's a handy talkie or how a piece of equipment feels to you. Does it give you any confidence because of its girth, if if that's the right word? Yeah, I definitely felt good about if I was going to permanently mount this. How I would uh, definitely make sure I got a solid ground connection to the ground bar and stuff. Um, the weight definitely suggests that I would have a, um, the ability to get a good ground hook to this thing to the rest of the shack ground. And the whole, as a whole system, I feel is, it would integrate well because of the metal. All right. Thank you for that, Bill. Kevin, uh, what do you think now? Let's talk about 
What you were plugging in, we talked about how you used it a little bit. You start to move and, and maneuver a little bit with a piece of equipment. How did it feel to you on the bench test and how did it perform overall? Yeah, well, in terms of HF, uh, there's no insertion loss at all. It's just it, it, as if it doesn't exist. So that's why I wanted to use it on um, on 70 centimeter, 440, and, um, and uh, on two meters, because I figured that's where I'd see any loss if I saw any. So I did a couple of tests, one just running it through and into my, into my meter to see if it um, – if, if I could see if there was any loss from a straight coax and the other just on the air, talking to people, seeing if they could tell any difference, even uh, on 70 centimeters. And the signal reports were, were the same. And I figured if there's going to be insertion loss, that's where it's going to be in the, the uh, upper bands, um, certainly not HF. I would imagine it would be fine. And from my signal reports on HF, nobody could really tell the difference between straight out of the rig and, and through the, um, through the switch. But as far as um, as far as like the heft of this thing, I mean, it's not as heavy as a brick, but it's not that far off. Uh, I have another manufacturer that I have used for, gosh, over 20 years, I would think. Uh, pretty popular one. And if you were to lay that on the table and turn the switch, you would end up turning the entire coax switch. This one, you can sit it on the table and you can flip that switch back and forth and it's not moving anywhere. So um it is a solid piece of metal practically. And I love that feel. I love the performance of it. And it certainly does let you know when you're in, uh, you know, one, two, three, or four, uh, it's nice and nice and clean in that, in that interface. But uh, the heft of it is really something. It's really impressive. Well, there you have it. The performance of it stands up with the fellows. This cohort spent 30 days with the Jetstream 4M, and it's an option. It's an option for you to decide. There are other switches out there for sure. This one's seventy-four ninety-five at retails. You may be able to find it for a few uh, dollars less than that. I believe we got this one at HRO and sent it out to the fellows. All right, our thirty-day review continues now with the curb appeal. Now, this doesn't um, have the same sort of, but this is personal. Like if you're your uh, partner and you put up a big antenna or you have an HOA situation or a wacky neighbor next door, the curb appeal will matter to you uh, in a big general sense. This one, though, however, is for your own shack. Like, is this something that you want in your shack? Let's talk to Adam. Kilo Mike 7 November. In terms of curb appeal, we're not outside, of course, but uh, is this something that you would like having in your shack? Is it too big? Is it too whatever? What do you think putting this thing in line in your shack? Well, I, I think it's well-built, solid. The common theme that you've heard from everyone uh, is about the weight and the heft of this thing. So that alone is enough to make me want to show this thing off if someone were to come by and visit uh, it just, it commands some attention. Uh, it's definitely an attention getter from my perspective. The color you've got like this slate black, I guess I'd say slate. I'm going on the best, um, you know, photograph I could look at. The knob itself is sort of like a blue. It's a, definitely a blue. It's hard to explain. It's not like a Navy type of blue. And then you've got the, uh, the silver where you put your coax cable. So it is kind of low profile in that way of, you know, being, uh, 
it, if it were an orange or a big bright red, maybe you'd feel differently about it. But I think the matte flat black maybe is, it lends itself to kind of being out of sight, I guess. Is that, is that fair to say, you think? Yeah, absolutely. But that, that blue switch contrasts enough with the color of the case that I think if uh, there were another hand visiting my shack, they would probably ignore what I had to say and reach over my shoulder and they just want to throw that switch. <laughs> Well, that's good to know. That's good to know when I'm in your shack, I'm just going to start flipping that. The blue thing, right? Let's just turn the blue thing, right? That's right. <laughs> Bill, what do you think? Is this something that can go in your shack and you feel cool about the look of it? Um, it's effective. Um, I'm not really... I'm not really have things set up for show. They're all utility. Mm -hmm. um, so I really... not. Well, except for the KX3. The KX3 always looks good. But you're <laughs> but, you're a particular but, guy but, um, with regard to how you yes. set up your shack. You know, because it has yes. to appeal to you. That I guess that's yes. what I should say. And um, overall, where I have the coax routed to come into the shack here and where I've routed over to the radios and tuners and stuff, um, it, it, it will integrate well. It will look like it belongs. It won't be out of place. Um, it will not look, it won't be like, uh, I'm trying to remember who, who used to make them. They used to have these gold microphones and then they had these gold plated, you know, accessories and all this other stuff years ago. And I always looked at it going, oh, why would anybody buy that? Um, but this thing is most definitely, um, designed to be used and it's designed to last long is, is my opinion based on how the construction is compared to the construction to the, my, you know, that thing, that my existing switch is probably 20 years old. Mm -hmm. um, night and day, this one definitely looks better, but this one definitely looks like they spent more time engineering it. Um, that other switch I have looks like somebody threw it together <laughs> and said, hey, now we got a two, two position antenna switch. Let's sell this. <laughs> okay. So. Well, thank you. That's fair. Appreciate that. Uh, Kevin, I don't know how particular you are with your uh, your shack. I am. I mean, I uh, I kind of want things to kind of fit together, and it has to be utility. It's a tool for sure, but I, I'd like it to fit in with the rest of the neighborhood. Uh, what do you make of this thing in terms of style and in your shack? Well, a couple things. One, I would echo what everybody else has said, especially um, especially Bill. It's a tool. It's a thing. You switch coax and antennas or rigs with it. That, that's what it does. And that's what I needed to do. And that's what it does really well. As far as appearance, um, the blue is my favorite color. Of all the colors, that is my favorite color. So big win from, from my perspective. As far as the design of the thing, I think, A, it was designed to be heavy. So there are parts of it that are kind of built up in order to add more metal, I think, frankly. Um, it looks a little bit Soviet-era 1970s kind of thing, but it, it kind of has a retro cool to it. So it's not designed to be a Ferrari. It's not designed to look flashy. It's designed to work well, last long, be heavy, and smash things if you need things smashed. Spider, so, bug got in. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Squirrel, <laughs> rodent. Yes. Yes. Intruder, we could okay. So Intruder. it's it's got enough yeah. girth to take care of something in your hand. I got yeah. it. 
if there was a thing in my shack that I had to grab and there was an intruder, this would be the thing that I would grab. Just plug it right back up and it's going to be okay. Got That's it. That's right. Exactly right. Got it. So there you go. Curb appeal for the uh, 30 watt, uh, 30, 30 watts. Oh dear. 30 day review, the peer review of the Jetstream 4M. Our 30-day review now moves into the pros and the cons. One of my favorites here because it's an opportunity for our cohort to uh, perhaps, if it's uh, warranted, to give some advice to the manufacturer where it may have fallen short or or where it's really great and uh, speak directly to uh, the Hamily, if you will, to, to let others in our community know, is this a piece you want to spend $74.95 on? Would they? That's the trick here. Let's go over to Adam, Kilo Mike, 7 November. Adam, the pros and cons here, um, and and I just want to stipulate that the beauty, I think, of the 30-day review is each one of these uh, people and reviewers get to say whatever they want to say. There's no ties. There's no bias here. Uh, so they can say whatever they want. They're free to speak. Uh, Adam, what do you think? Pros and cons, how do you rank it? What do you feel in the end? Well, uh, the pros are definitely the the weight and the substantial feel of the switch. Uh, obviously, the strong grounding out of unused positions as you switch. Uh, if I had to identify a con, it would be really nitpicky, and perhaps that switch knob uh, could be a little bit bigger because the way that it's designed, it's sort of a, a finger thing versus reaching in with a ham fist and, and throwing it from one... Uh, coax position to another but really that that's just cosmetic and it, it wouldn't prevent me from getting another one of these at all um so overall that's it's mostly pro with just a nitpicky con if i had to okay this is from a man who flies big aircraft for the military so the switches and the knobs that's noted thank you uh for that adam <laughs> Uh, Bill, let's talk about pros and cons from your side of the table. What do you see that you liked? Any improvements that you think that could be made? So my existing switch I've had now for a long time, I've had to repair twice. Um, and it was a miserable device to get apart and a miserable device to fix. So the first thing I looked at when I, you know, got this out of the box was how hard is this thing to take apart? And it's six screws on the back it has a large removable plate but the because the thing is so large and so designed with this heavy metal to it i think i actually would have enough room to repair this someday if i had to um without it being a miserable nightmare um, so I'm, I'm actually pretty impressed with that likewise the actual connectors themselves are one of the higher quality connectors I've actually been able to touch in my lifetime. And one of the things that they did was the actual inside connector where the insulator insulation goes between the center pin and the shield actually has a little bit of strain relief design to it. Um, which I haven't, I, I rarely see these connectors outside of high end commercial use where you actually have a, the connector where the, this, a little bit of strain relief in there just in case you're in a situation where you're, you know, connecting and disconnecting. Well, I'm in an area where lightning happens, so I am unplugging continuously, continuously. And so I have very little concerns about 
um, spinning the connectors over time from continuously threading and unthreading the, the coax connectors. So that's the obvious pro. Um, um, realistically, I, it's a coax switch. Uh, <laughs> if the thing works, there's no real cons to it. Um, and so I really couldn't, I really couldn't identify anything I disliked about this or anything I would suggest to improve. I, I could see what Adam was saying, maybe with the knob being a little bit designed a little different. However, I, I didn't, I didn't come up with that on my own. I didn't really notice that as I used it over 30 days, I flipped over, gave the thing a flip, rarely even looked at it, tuned the radio, moved on and everything worked as expected. So I really don't have any cons with this particular device. I'd see what trust I, me, uh, I'm, I'm a complainer. <laughs> no, stop it now. Don't talk about my friends that way. I uh, I can see that there's a little real estate. I can see what Adam's talking about. There's a bit of real estate. Now, I don't know how it looks on the inside. It, it does seem like there is some face value real estate that could be done if they want it to improve or make that switch a little larger. But uh, again, you know, it's about function, I suppose. Kevin... KE2VN. Let's talk about your pros and your cons, if you have any. Well, pros, we've, we've talked about it. It's, it's heavy. It's solid. It's built well. Um, it runs at, at HF uh, frequencies. It runs legal limit. Um, I want to say maybe, what is it, uh, 1,000 watts up through 200 megahertz, and then it starts stepping down. So it's 1,500 watts. Uh, all the way through the HF bands, including 10 meters, and uh, and up through 200 megahertz, it's a thousand watts, which really is only limiting if you're running, you know, EME or something. You're doing Earth, Moon, Earth stuff, so that's pretty solid. Um, 500 watts up through 500 megahertz, and then 150 watts to get you up to 900 megahertz. All that's all that's great. Um, not a lot of people running a kilowatt in 900 megahertz land, so. Um, that's fantastic. Um, it has like rubber feet on it. It seems like it's been designed with feedback from people uh, who actually use it. And it seems to me, at least from my previous experience and seeing other coax switches, um, it's, it's been designed by people who say, my coax switches move around all the time. If I move my coax, my switch is bashing around on my, on my desk and smashing into stuff. This doesn't move. It just it doesn't move when you switch it. It doesn't move when you move coax. Um, it it is a um, solid, solidly built, heavy, uh, useful tool that that does its job. Now, as far as as far as cons, two things that that struck me. One is silly, and one is maybe a little bit more substantial. The silly one is for me. Every time I um, installed it in whatever configuration, it seemed upside down. So the, the, the coax um, switches that I've used in the past have all the ports on the same side. This one has one on one side and four on the other. So something is going the other way. And in my setups, the numbers are upside down. Um, so I thought, oh, okay, well, maybe that's designed for when it's mounted somewhere. But then I thought, how would you mount it with four coax um, cables coming off the top of it? You wouldn't have that happen. That would be strange. You'd have coax going up your wall or Anyway, the layout of it just seemed odd to me in terms of the numbers. So that's the silly thing. There's the orientation of the number. Maybe a more serious thing is due to the weight and heft of this thing, it's got two um, sort of machined screw holes, but the screws that come with it are pretty small wood screws. And I would think 
if you've got coax connected to this thing and you're going to you're going to attach it to a wall or to a some side thing on your on your desk it has a chance to tear that right out um, because of its weight and because of its its uh, the thickness of it so if you are going to mount it on a wall or mount it on in, in some other uh, capacity other than flat on the desk um, it would be worth investing in some kind of anchors or maybe longer screws uh, just because of the weight of the thing but other than that this is a winner this thing's staying in my shack for sure beautiful that leads me a great transition there thank you so much for that going back to adam this is the point where we go and give it an overall rating we go between a five five and a five nine Adam, for the Jetstream 4 position antenna switch, they call it the 4M, 5.5 five to 5.9, five what do you think? Overall, I give this switch a solid 5.8 with occasional peaks to 5.9. Oh, peaking at 5.9. Excellent. All right, thank you. Bill, uh, let's see. Let's see what Bill thinks between 5.5 five and 5.9. What do you think? I, I My notes actually have the exact same thing, 5.8 to 5.9. Um, the other other way I would phrase it is if uh, New Ham came and said I needed a coax switch of the of the three that I've used in the past, this would be the only one I would recommend. Hmm. Interesting. Thank you for that. That's a that's a good lead. Uh, Kevin, five five to five nine. What do you think? Five nine twenty over. This thing's oh, this thing's awesome. I, I I agree. This is something I would recommend. This is solidly built. It feels like it's going to last a long time, and I'm going to put that to the test because this is replacing my other switches. Beautiful. Excellent. So we got two uh, five eights peaking at a 5.9, and then one 5.9 plus 20. Uh, so there you go. This is $74.95. You could probably pick it up at HRO or another uh, ham radio outlet of your source uh, or your ham radio store of your choosing, whichever you like, DX Engineering, I'm sure, or Gigaparts. Just check around. Maybe you can find a better price out there. And there you have it, the Jetstream 4M. Again, if you would like to be a reviewer, go to 100wattsinawire.com. Click the 100-watt ID. If you already have an ID, there's over 5,000 of these things out there now. Fill out the 30-day... Um, review portion tell me that you want to be a reviewer and uh, we'll put you in the lottery you just have to enter one time you can pass if you want to you won't lose out you'll get, stay back in the pool just like these guys did and this cohort looked at the Jetstream 4m four position antenna switch i hope this has been helpful for you and you can decide among the options we hear a lot of things you got to buy this you got to do it this way just do it just so or you're doing it wrong and i always resented that when I was getting into amateur radio because it's somebody else's money, and hopefully this helps. Uh, my thanks to Adam, Kilo Mike 7 November, Bill, Whiskey Charlie 3 Bravo, and Kevin, Kilo Echo 2 Victor November for uh, being in this cohort and hopefully providing you some insight into um, this unit, this piece of equipment here for ham radio. I want to thank them and thank you for checking us out. Please uh, subscribe wherever you get podcasts. And you can uh, move on over to YouTube if you like. It's a repository of information there. We do live streams as well, our Sunday evening net. Everyone is invited. May the dogs run by your side, everybody. And by all means, if you can, please try and stay above the noise. 
To join the 100 Watts in a Wire community, visit 100wattsinawire.com.